Well, great. Welcome. Come on in. Good to see you. Uh, we are doing a series at the moment. Uh, how do we uh, really experience God's love? And God loves us, and He shows us His love in many uh, different ways. But uh, one of the ways that we experience God's love is how He uh, guides us. And uh, not only guides us, but provides for us. So uh, I don't know if uh, you in a a season or a period in your life where you're trying to make a, a major decision. You know, we come to those uh, times in life, like, should I take this job or that job? Or maybe it's like, just, God, can you provide a job? Or uh, you know, sometimes it's a, a decision like, should I get married or shouldn't I get married? Or, uh, you know, the youth going to college, it's like, which college? And uh, what should I be studying? Uh, which direction should I be going in? Uh, and we love it when God would actually give us clear direction. You know, just like, God, would you show us what it is uh, that you would have for us? Or alternatively, we're asking, God, how have you wired us? How have you uh, made us? Uh, you know, what can I do uh, in, that, in that sense? So uh, we love to hear God's uh, direction in our lives, but... Uh, uh, whether you're in a position now where you're needing to make a big decision or whether, you know, your life's just going along for you pretty smoothly, it's a routine, uh, we still desire to get God's input and God's direction uh, and God's blessing on our lives. That's, uh, that's what we want. We want to walk uh, in, in God's blessing. We want to see that. We want to uh, sense that. Uh, sometimes God provides for us in you know, ways which we're not even asking for. We, it just kind of happens that way. Uh, I, for instance, I remember I was a kind of a poor student in high school, and uh, one of the subjects that I, I don't think I was particularly interested in was science. But I had one of those science teachers that was just like, I mean, he just loved his topic. He just loved science. He was super excited about it. He wanted everybody else to be excited about it. And uh, he was just a great teacher. He was just a great guide. He just, he, he drew me and he guided me. Uh, it actually turned out that, you know, when I finished high school, that was the subject I got the highest grades in, just because, you know, he guided me. He, he was a good mentor. He was a good teacher. Uh, he just pulled it out of me. So God guides us and God provides for us by using people, by using people that are believers, that by using people that aren't believers, uh, but our job and our delight is to be asking God, God, what are you doing in my life? Uh, God, can you guide? Uh, God, will you be providing? And uh, we seek that out. And when we connect with God, it's just so rewarding. When we say, oh, this is the Lord. This is the Lord's provision. Often, uh, we don't sense God's provision at the time. Often, it's only when we look back at it, we say, whoa. You know, God was very active. You know, he put the right people in my path. I ended up being in the right place at the right time. Uh, you know, we look at circumstances and we say, it wasn't just circumstances. It was more than circumstances. And uh, we see God's uh, hand in the affairs of humankind. But today I uh, want to read this section of scripture where Moses uh, is getting ready to take uh, God's people out of slavery 
And uh, in the previous weeks, we had looked at how God appeared to Moses in the burning bush. And uh, now at the back end of that account, the latter part of chapter 3 of Exodus, uh, is where I want to be focusing on today, uh, God is dealing with Moses and he's getting ready for uh, taking his people out of slavery. And he's going to guide them and he's going to provide for them. But there's like a lot that has to happen in the interim. God's setting it up. Uh, we know the story because we've read it, you know, after the event. But if you were just like doing it real time and doing it live, uh, it's kind of fun. It's kind of interesting to see how God is setting it up so that he can guide and provide. So uh, if you've got a Bible, why don't you open it to Exodus chapter 3 or get on your cell phone. And while we're getting it there, uh, our DR missionaries uh, came in late last night. At uh, I think I got home at 2 o'clock this morning, so some are here, some aren't. We'll hear from them uh, next week uh, and uh, see how they uh, let them share how they did in the Dominican Republic. We look forward to that report uh, next week. But Lord, uh, let's just pray. Uh, Lord, I just pray that as I preach this morning, I'm, a, I'm asking, Lord, that uh, you would... Uh, show us you would guide us i pray for each individual here today that you would speak to them personally and directly and lord for any of those that might be sitting here today that need to make a fairly significant life decision i pray that uh, we would be able to hear your voice and uh, sense what it is that you're saying and where you're directing so lord i just pray that your holy spirit would be present Uh, that there would be power on my message, that there would be relevance as I'm reading uh, scriptures from, you know, more than 2,000 years ago, that uh, you would breathe on those and uh, make them relevant uh, to our lives today. And I thank you that you do that. So, Lord, we just welcome you in this service today. Amen. Let me just uh, read this account, short account, uh, here from verse 16 in chapter 3 and then I'm going to I'll come back and make some comments. So God is speaking to Moses and he says, "Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me, I have been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt." I will lead you to the land flowing with milk and honey. And then he tells who's occupying that land at the moment. And then in verse 18, the elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord, our God. And then in verse 19, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then, at last, he will let you go. And then Verse 21 onwards, it tells that they're not only going to be going, they're going to be blessed as they go. So, you know, we get 
really a simple narrative in one sense where God is speaking to Moses and he says, okay, Moses, this is the way it's going to work out. And uh, really like details the plan. And it sounds pretty easy. It's pretty simple. You know, Moses, okay, I've revealed myself to you. You go to the leaders. The leaders are going to recognize you as their leader, even though you haven't been their leader, but they're going to recognize you. And not only that, uh, then you're going to go to Pharaoh, the king, and uh, he's not going to be too happy with this message that you're going to be telling uh, that you want to leave for a three-day journey because that means all his workers are leaving and there's no production. But don't worry, Moses, even though he's going to resist you a little bit, uh, I will prevail and he will let you go. And when you go, by the way, you're going to be really, really blessed. Now, you see, that's the sort of message like, man, if God was speaking to you today in that amount of detail, with that amount of blessing, you would be like super psyched. You'd be like, man, I've got the whole like plan ahead. God's explained exactly what's going to happen. And, and you know, somehow other, when we think God is speaking to us or when God's on our side, uh, we kind of think that it's going to be real smooth. Uh, uh, you know, God's blessing us. God's in us. It's going to the promised land. I mean, what could be better? And yet we know the story. We know the story that... Uh, when God said that Pharaoh's not going to be too happy with this idea, it was like, no kidding. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a little bit of struggle. Wow, no kidding. You know, plagues and, and all sorts of things that God has to do to get a Pharaoh to change his heart. I mean, these are major things. You know, so one of the sort of realities of this is, uh, for those of you that are saying, man, you know, I just never hear God's voice. I, I just... God never like really talks to me like really specifically. In one hand, you can sort of take some comfort in that because you know if if you like loving God and you're doing God's thing and you're in obedience, uh, like there's no reason for God to like correct you or like tell you to okay take a hard left, uh, you know. But when you like hear God's voice and it's like wow this is like so unexpected and, and God's like telling you take a hard left. Be ready. I mean, like when God's speaking in real specifics to you, uh, he's preparing you for something. Uh, and uh, it may not be that smooth along the way. Uh, you know, you guys get sick of the analogy of because I run. But, you know, one of the reasons the running club in Hopkinton is pretty popular is because Hopkinton sits on top of a hill. And uh, basically that means every time you finish the run, you've got to run uphill. I mean, it's just the way it is. Now, some or other, when we're running downhill, we don't even notice it. It's like we just fly by. But at the end of the run, when you're tired, and now you've got to come up Ash Street or up Hayden Row, it's like, where did this hill come from? You know, it's just like feels brutal. Uh, the hills in life that uh, we all got to go through, they, they're not, you know, it's not like unusual. I mean, if you go through trials and struggles and Difficulties in your life, it's not unusual. God has not abandoned you. It's part of uh, God's walk with us. So what I'm saying is God will guide us. He will provide for us. And there are going to be some difficulties along the way. But God will guide you and God will provide for you. And it will be good. When we are walking in God's presence, when we experience God's love, it doesn't really matter that we go through the ups and the downs. What really matters is that we is that we sense that God is with us. When God's presence is with us, we can overcome a lot. When we feel alone and abandoned, 
man, the smallest little thing just undoes us. So it's kind of important that we that we get it. But look what God's doing uh, sort of behind the scenes here in this story. The, the first thing is that God says he's noticed their situation. He says in verse 16, now, Go call together all the elders of Israel and tell them that God of your ancestors, you know, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me. Uh, and he says then, I have been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. There, there's something comforting about the fact that God sees your circumstances, sees your situation. And there's something mystical that when we pray to God and say, God, I need your help, that there's power in that. Uh, because, yeah, God sees all circumstances all the time, but he kind of likes it and desires for us to be praying and be connected and be dependent on him. And so as the, you know, the Hebrew people are saying, look, we're in misery. Uh, God, please, will you get us out of this misery? Can you provide? In a similar way, God delights when we pray and say, God, my life is, you know, I, I've got a decision to make or I'm in difficulty. Will you provide? Will you guide me? And so the first thing that we need to take comfort in is that God does notice our circumstances and it's amplified when we pray. And then you see here in verse 17, God promises to do something about it. He says to Moses, I've promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. Uh, he, you know, he tells the Hebrew people, look, I'm going to rescue you from your oppression. I've heard your prayers. I've seen your misery. I'm going to do something about it. Uh, we can always take comfort in the fact that God is interested in your life, in my life, and he's interested in doing something about your circumstances. Our joy and our delight is to try and figure out from God what it is that he's doing and uh, what part we need to, to play in that. But in this particular story, God really spells it out. He says, uh, I will lead you to land flowing with milk and honey. You know, so in the one sense, there's a push factor. You're in pain, you're in suffering, you're dealing with difficulties. And in another sense, there's a pull factor. It's like the promised land is going to be awesome. You know, the desired future is preferable. There's something to look forward to. And on the big scheme of life, God tells us about that just in life. Like, doesn't matter if you, in this life, we're always looking forward to the fact that when we die, we will be with the Lord. Now, for those of us that really know Christ, that's hugely comforting. For people that don't know Christ, it's just blah, 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 whatever. You know, heaven somewhere up there, it'll be nice. But, but at least we know at the end of the game, it's going to work out well. In the interim, God is still saying, I want to give you a rich and rewarding life. So this present life, it's not just hardship. It's a life where it can be delightful. Uh, and again, when God's presence is with us. So God, uh, you know, has given us promises through Jesus. He's, he says, I, I want to give you a rich and rewarding life. That's what Jesus is saying to each one of us. So we do have the promise of something preferable of something better if we can uh, get along with Jesus, follow his plan. But uh, as I said, there's plenty of uphills that, uh, that come along. So one of the verses that many of you have got memorized, and it's a great verse, is Jeremiah 29, 11. 
it's God saying, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good. They are not plans for disaster. Uh, to give you a, a future and to give you hope. And God is saying that individually, but what people often miss is God is actually saying that corporately. He, he's saying that to a people group. And uh, uh, I probably need to say this more than once in this, uh, in this message. As Americans, we tend to hear God's word individualistically. Like God has a plan for you, and the way you get that plan is you connect with God directly, and that's the way it works. But that's really not so much a biblical mindset. A biblical mindset is God has a plan for you corporately, and we as a group walk in that, and there's a group community hearing of God and acting out of God. And so we depend on each other to hear God's voice, and we get held accountable by each other to do what's right. And there's safety and blessing in the corporateness of, the, of this group. So God mostly provides in community, mostly. And we mostly want to hear God individually. One of the Proverbs, and Proverbs are great for uh, you know, advice, Proverbs 15, 22, it says, Plans go wrong for the lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. Uh, it's almost like God has set it up that it's not just with us and God. God is saying you need to rely on others for advice, and you need to choose the right people to get the right advice from. Uh, choose people that have wisdom, that have been there before, that are, you know, uh, can give you good advice. Uh, and God asks us to do that. So, you know, when we are deciding, if you're uh, one of the youth and you're trying to figure out your college, you know, if you left to your own devices, as I've heard so often, your college decision would be made by, okay, is my girlfriend going there or my boyfriend? That would be a good college. I'd like to be with them. Uh, or when I toured colleges with my kids, I was astounded, like the pulling factor was how great the dorms were. And, and I've been like shocked at like what these dorms look like. I mean, if you guys haven't done like college like research lately, you, you want to educate yourself and go do some college experiences and see what these campus dorms look like. They are palatial. That's all I can tell you. I mean, like some of these dorm rooms are like unbelievable. I mean, just unbelievable. And then you wonder why you pay for them. You know, so if your choice of college is dependent on the dorm room that you're going to get, it's really like not the whole decision. That's where, you know, your parents' input and others' input is kind of like helpful because they say, hey, you know, like maybe this would be a better decision. Uh, but we need our peers, we need our parents, we need those that have gone before us to help us with those decisions. Uh, it's a community uh, input uh, for us. God uh, desires to use uh, others' input. Uh, I mean, another classic would be uh, marriage. You know, we decide who we want to uh, marry, and uh, often people will just make the decision between the two of them, which, you know, obviously you want to make the decision between the two of you, but 
you know, then comes the awkward part, part. Like, do I ask for other people's input and advice? I love the person. I know it's going to work out perfectly. We perfectly matched. I mean, in every which way, it's just perfect. Why should I even ask for advice? And if you're coming from India, you're saying that's the most daft idea ever. I, I don't know how I could ever take the responsibility of choosing my own spouse. I, I've got to totally leave that to my parents, right? Daphne's saying, she's laughing, okay? So, Daphne, did your parents make a good decision for you? Oh, you had to say that, of course. I mean, you got... <laughs> Ronald, did, did, did your parents make a good decision for you? Or would you recommend that you just defer all of that to your parents? <laughs> you see, so there's another perspective, right? Their parents like to have a big input. Now, okay, we're not from India. We would like, I'm not leaving all that decision to my parents to decide who I should marry. It's like, that's overwhelming. It's like, I'm going to choose. But then we say like, okay, could you ask your friend? Do you think it's a good idea? And if all your friends say, this is a terrible idea. You know, most people say, oh, well, I know better. We're just in love. Yeah, we just don't even want to ask people. I mean, to ask a pastor or to ask your parents, I mean, oh my gosh, you know, that's such a painful price. I've got to ask, you know, my parents if it's okay for me to marry. No, God is asking us to use community, not people that are against us, but people that are for us, like people that know us and people that love us and people who want the best for us, to get their advice and, and hear what they've got to say. And God wants to do that. He wants to use community. He wants to use community. But what's uh, kind of interesting as God is preparing uh, to take the people out of Egypt is he first has to work on Moses. He has to prepare a leader. And uh, that's kind of important for us to know that God actually chooses certain people to be leaders, spiritual leaders or you know, corporate leaders or leaders of the household or leaders of your friends and as you as you're running a, you know, a pack or whatever you do. But God works on leaders. And uh, this is how he worked with Moses. In Exodus 4.13, he says to Moses, uh, you know, you're going to be the leader. I've chosen you. I've appeared to you in the burning bush. And as you know the story, Moses says, that's just great. I'm so excited. Let me just jump to it. Let's do it. No. Moses is like, I don't want to do it. Who am I? Choose somebody else. You know, this is what he says. Moses pleads to the Lord. Lord, this is, I'm not making this up. This is 4.13. Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said. What about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. Don't make excuses. So what? We want to know about when God guides us and provides for us. He's normally worked in the leader in advance. There's normally somebody, you know, if you're pursuing a, a medical sort of track, you want to speak to somebody that's actually been a doctor and, and actually like gone through the ups and the downs of that grind. I mean, they've prepared a leader. That leader, you know, in doing when they became a doctor, had to go through all the difficulties and the applications and all the career things. They got like a lot of wisdom. It, God works in people to give them the, the smarts that they end up having uh, in the end. 
uh, and he works with Moses. He prepares Moses. But you know, at the end of the, the story, end of the story, excuse my voice, when people look back at Moses, they say that was a great leader. I mean, he was a godly man. When everybody else wanted to desert God, Moses interceding and praying, like God, have mercy on these people. They they keep messing up, but like you know, one more time, God, just like one more time. You know, go, Moses ends up being a great leader, but he didn't start off that way. He had to get dealt with by the Lord. The other thing that we all deal with when it comes to uh, God directing us, God providing for us, uh, and God guiding us, is that none of us particularly relish change. There's something in us that says, ah, you know, if it just sort of stay the same and just add a few better pieces, but like change is like brings up fear it brings up complaining it brings up like hardship it brings up all sorts of griping and we see this as well with the people of uh, the, the hebrew people you know god eventually gets them out of egypt just the way he said uh, he has this mighty force come against pharaoh the people leave they are blessed uh, i mean god's provided for them he gets them through the red sea miraculously, I mean, they've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. They know the end plan is the promised land. They know where they're going. You know, I mean, God couldn't be clearer to them. And yet, as we go a little bit further into the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 16, verse 2 and 3, we read this. There too, this is in the wilderness, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron, now listen to this complaint. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous when you hear it with hindsight. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. You know, back there in Egypt, we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. I mean, really? You know, people look back, when you're under pressure, when you're busy going through change, when you're feeling like the weight of that, you look back at the good old days and everything just looks so rosy, fantastic. You know, where you grew up, it was just the most wonderful place, the neighborhood was just perfect, there was no litter, there were no bad people, just, everything was just great. You know, Egypt, oh, it was great. I mean, these guys were working seven days a week, they were slaves, they were being beaten. Now, what's their memory? Oh, the pots were full, we were just like eating. I mean, it's like, what? Where are you coming from? When God's putting pressure on us, when God's changing us, when God's forming us, uh, we like complain. It's what happens in community. And remember, God's really interested in shaping us in community. And you'll find that people irritate you in community. And, you know, you just want to leave. And uh, people don't think like you or act like you. And God's saying, that's right, but I'm going to use all all i'm going to use the community to shape you god does provide through leaders in community one of the common questions we have is why am i not hearing god you know i'm a committed christian i'm praying i think i'm a decent you know follower of christ i just wish i could hear god more clearly why am i not hearing god's voice and uh, that's a sort of a complex question but there are uh, a few things that I want to point out, three things specifically, that sometimes rarely derail us in hearing God's voice. Uh, the first one is laziness. 
the Bible is surprisingly uh, frank and straightforward about us as Christians not being lazy. Because there's a temptation where we can say, you know, I'm just praying about it. And look, prayer is hard work if you're really praying. But if you're absolutely lazy and you're not doing anything, that doesn't cut it. Uh, God is really uh, telling us that it's not okay to be lazy. I mean, listen to what three scriptures say about this. Uh, all Proverbs. Proverbs 10.4. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. You know, the Proverbs often contrasting things. If you're lazy, you're going to become poor. It's just not good. Proverbs 15.19. A lazy person's way is blocked with briars. But the path of the upright is an open highway. You're lazy, there's just problems, there's thorns, there's thistles, there's briars. But for the path of the righteous, it's like a highway. God just opens it up for you. God blesses those that are righteous. Uh, Proverbs 24, 20, verse 4. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Just a you know wonderful proverb we get that one it's like really easy to comprehend you don't plow you don't expect to reap i mean you got to plow and then the right season not just any old time so while laziness is i think one reason why we don't hear for god we ask god look will you provide will you guide and uh, we're just lazy uh and then we say well god didn't provide uh often in our requests for uh, asking for God to provide, it's financial. We're saying, God, you know, I'm, I'm short of money. Uh, I need you to provide a job. I need you to give me more money. And uh, one of the risks we, we take, one of the mistakes we make where we don't hear God's voice is we disobey God when it comes to debt. Uh, again, as Americans, we've become uh, very comfortable with living with debt. And the Bible has a completely different way of looking at things. Uh, the Bible is saying we should not be in debt. Now, folks, I've got to tell you this. If you want to walk as a Christian, your lifestyle should not look like everybody around you that aren't believers, that aren't following the Scriptures. And when it comes to debt, this is what the Bible says. Uh, it says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. So let me tell you a, a typical scenario. All right, you, 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 you're out of work, you don't have a lot of money, and your car's falling apart, so you say, well, you know, yeah, I've got to buy a new car because I need a reliable car to get to work. And you can't do it with cash because you don't have any cash, so you take a loan. And then you're just like sinking further and further into debt. Uh, whereas God is saying, look, if you take a loan, you now the servant to the car company or the loan company. And God is saying, I want you to be my servant. I want you to be the person that provides for you. But if you're going to get in debt, you don't expect me to provide for you. And you say, well, that's a little harsh. Well, uh, it's actually not harsh enough. God has got another big surprise for us, and that's, uh, tithing. We say, God, I don't have enough money, I don't provide. And God says, you know what, but you don't you're not getting enough money because you're stealing from me. And so uh, many of you are very familiar with what Malachi 3, 8, 10 says. It says this, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. 
But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse. Wait a bit. God is saying you're under a curse. And we're saying, I want to be blessed. I want, I, I'm looking for God to help me with a job, help me with providing, help me. And then God's saying, but you, you believers and you, you're really under a curse. And then God is saying, what I really want for you, which is the rest of this verse, is I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. It's a God thing. Try it. You know, and, and it's like we just battle with this concept and, this, and God's saying, look, this is, not a, this is not a big risk. This is not a, a big faith step. Can, can you do it? And that's where we, we left. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, New Testament says this. This is 13.5. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And so, you know, when we battle to hear God's voice, when it comes to financial things, uh, we, we really have to say, well, am I obeying God? Is there a sense where I'm in obedience? Is there a sense where, you know, Hebrews 13, 5, I'm, I'm, I'm online with this. I'm, I'm setting myself for, up for this. If you really do love money, and that's the motivating factor, you're always going to be, you're always going to have problems. But if you don't love money and you are satisfied with what you have, God uh, loves to bless you. This is what his word is saying. Hebrews 13, 5. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And it's great when, you know, we're walking in obedience with the Lord. We tithe. We pray. We, we're faithful to the Lord. And we say, Lord, you know, I, I, I need to hear your voice. I, and God loves that. Yeah, God loves us to be uh, obedient to him. You know, but our mind, we always say, look, my situation's like different. I know, I'm, God, I know you said this to everybody for all time, for all people, but my particular circumstance, it's just different. You know, like if I just earn a little bit more, if I just get out of this problem, if I just solve this issue, then I'll tithe, or then I'll give, or then I'll be generous. And God's like, all right, right. You start where you are. Uh, if you, you know. So if we want to hear God's voice, we want to be blessed, uh, you we get guided like this. You get guided in community. You know, the fact that you guys are here today, that you're in church, that you're hearing, you, you know, sometimes you hear things that you wouldn't like. You wouldn't have picked up a book today that says, you know, okay, I need to do this financially. I need to get out of debt. I mean, if you're in debt, you're like, okay, I, 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 that's the last book I want to read. I, I want to read like, you know, how am I going to get rich quick? Uh, you, but when you get in community, you, you have like annoying preachers like me that just like start preaching on this stuff and then god actually uses it and talks to you and but it's not just that it's like to be encouraged it's not to be feel like a worm it's like to be feeling like god is blessing us and god is for us and god is you know wants the best for us and god is providing for us but if we keep making excuses and reprioritizing how we should spend our time and how we should spend our money and then yeah you don't hear god's voice that clearly let me just uh conclude with three different uh, verses here because we do want to walk by faith and we do want to believe what God says that he will guide us and that he will provide for us and we do want to recognize that there are going to be difficulties along the way but we can get through them and God is going to provide for us uh, Proverbs 
Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Proverbs 69, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Matthew 6, 34, don't, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. That's the walk of faith. That's the sense of not being overwhelmed, not getting ahead of yourself, but saying, God, you are great. You are personal. You know my circumstances. You can rearrange the deck. You can rearrange the people in my life. But we do that in community. Uh, that's why we encourage you to come to church. That's why I encourage you to be part of a small group. You have access to people that can speak into your life and can see what God is doing. They can encourage you. And you can you know, start where many of us have, are finishing. I mean, I'm just like really encouraged, like, you know, our youth group. Uh, we've got a great leader with Jeff really doing something great with our youth. Uh, he's there to provide wisdom, you know, a whole life's worth of experience with the Lord. Uh, you know, God has provided a great leader for us, and uh, our youth are, uh, are greatly impacted by that. So uh, whether it be youth or whether we be a senior citizen, God is interested in our life. He's interested in providing. He's interested in guiding. And he's going to give us the wisdom that we need from the body of Christ. So, Lord Jesus, I just pray that you will provide for each person sitting here. Lord, that you'd encourage them. Lord, not like how we've messed up, uh, Lord, but how we can uh, get back to be under your uh, blessing. Lord, that we can get out of the shadow and into the light, uh, into where your light is shining, where your path is leading. Uh, Lord, that you would guide us. Show us the path. Show us the people. Lord, uh, we just give you our circumstances, our situation. And Lord, we just ask you to guide and provide. And Lord, we thank you that you are just a loving God, no matter how many times we mess up, that when we come to you again and again, you dig us out, you show us the way forward, you're with us. And Lord, I just pray for peace among your people. And Lord, I pray for those particularly that have financial troubles. And Lord, I pray for those that are dealing with anxiety of whatever type, relational anxiety. Lord, that you will be there for them too. You will provide a way forward. I pray for your blessing on your people. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, why don't you stand and stretch out and have the worship team uh, come on up and um, lead us in worship. Uh, uh, and let's switch over from, you know, uh, our circumstances and our worries uh, and, and focus on the Lord and just uh, be able to worship Him and, and praise Him. And as we do that, again, in community, uh, God speaks to us.